I just filled my fucking mouth. I can see you. You should take small bites. That's way too much. That's fucking gross. There's a reason why I'm fat. There's our intro. Facts are tracks. We're gonna break some vinyl down from the front to the back with facts on tracks. Showtime. Welcome to Breaking Vinyl. I'm your host, Des, a.k.a. Johnny, 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 As always, I'm joined by my three co-hosts. First up, the podcaster, coming through with a full mouth of breakfast sandwich. Evil Ed. Yeah, thanks for waiting the extra fucking ten seconds, dick. and the podcaster playing the deep cuts with a cigarette and a Mountain Dew for breakfast Dangerous Dave Hey, how you doing? (laughs) And last but not least the podcaster with a degree in rock and roll and a blank look on his face Beaconstein I had Cheerios for breakfast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking sitting in front of the TV watching the Lap Olympics eating fucking fucking Fruit Loops. I can picture it. All right. As always, the mission of this show is for us to introduce each other and you, the listeners, to albums and bands which you may never have heard of before. While also discussing the classics, and on occasion, we will discuss... Kind of weird in between album like this one. <laughs> I don't know if it matters, so sit back and enjoy the show. Tonight, yeah, it's definitely an in between album. It is tonight. We will be discussing Allied Forces, the fifth studio album by Triumph, produced by Triumph. First mistake, released on September of 1981 by Attic Records. It's where I found this album. The album reached number 23 on the Billboard 200. The band's lineup was as follows. Rick Emmett on acoustic, six-string, 12-string guitars, bottleneck slide, lap steel guitar, lead and backing vocals. These guys just wanted to mop up as much glory as they could. Gil Moore. Oh, God. On the drums. That's all I'm going to say. Mike Levine on bass, organ, synthesizer, piano. This guy is the star of the show. And... Uh, what's his name? Elaine. Elaine. That's a fucking gay name. I think it's Elaine. Elaine. Oh, Elaine Over. (laughs) Okay, then it's fine. Elaine Overholt backing vocals. Okay, I don't know. You really didn't know that was a woman. You heard their voices, right? They're super high. (laughs) These guys' voices. So too high. How how dare you short Gilmore? For oh. not, I mean, he sings lead and background vocals all over the place in this album. I was so offended by Gilmore during my listening that I didn't want to talk about him or his background vocals. Oh, shut the fuck up. Okay. Um, drums and percussion. Oh, drum. Why don't they? No, <laughs> let's take out the word drums and put in trash cans, okay? Um, I would like to, I would like to welcome our new listeners on the tiny island of Meridius. I looked it up. Very small island. Thanks for tuning in 
and welcome to the show. Where's the island, Des? Uh, in the middle of the ocean. Which ocean? Um, I'm going to say the Indian Ocean. Am I right? I don't know. You're the one who looked it up. Oh, I don't know. Apparently you didn't look it up that good. <laughs> I didn't. I just wanted to see what, what it was. And I was like, wow, that's a tiny little... Fee, can you I, please I, get I, on that while I... Uh, well, I, I think it's in called here. Mauritius. Yeah. Okay. Can you spell it? Yeah. Uh, M-A-U-R-I-T-I-U-S. But it's uh, East Africa, so Indian Ocean area, right off Ma- Madagascar. Mm-hmm. Bazinga! Nice, gets nice it, job, Des. Thank you. I was guessing. That was such a good guess. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, let's do some quick band facts on this bad boy. So Rolling Stone Magazine reviewers... Didn't think Triumph stood out enough from the other rock and heavy metal bands around at the time and called this band faceless. And I agree. Dave, what do you got on Triumph? I have uh, number one, Triumph is a bunch of dirty Canadians. Uh, But let's not hold that (laughs) against them. No less. Hey, buddy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Number two. I love Canada. (laughs) <laughs> yes, Canada is awesome. Uh, Gilmore, the drummer, sings tracks number one and four. Uh, guitarist Rick Emmett and possibly his Otter Jug Band sing the rest. <laughs> uh, the third, I got jokes today. Uh, Triumph received the influential Performance Magazines. <laughs> So so good. Uh, Okay. Triumph received the influential performance magazine's Innovators of the Year Award in 1981. Oh, since I started taking the gummies, everything is so much funnier. I was saying to my wife, we've laughed more (laughs) times in the last 10 days than we have in the last 10 years. And my wife is an esthetician. And she sent me a picture from work. She's supposed to wear like these special shoes. That she's like, she has to wear at this spa because she works like a really nice spa. She sends me a picture. She's wearing Vans with checkers on them. She goes, I started my first client. I looked down and this is what I saw. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Ed, what do you got? Uh, in my opinion, <laughs> Triumph is Canada's second greatest rock trio right behind the almighty rush. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm a massive fan of Triumph. I love them. Uh, Triumph was formed in Toronto <clears throat> in 1975 after a chance meeting led Rick Emmett, uh, Levine, and more to embark on a marathon jam session. Uh, <clears throat> their popularity grew in a unique way. The first two albums were released only in Canada, which was very typical uh, for Canadian artists at the time. Uh, because Canada, I don't know if they still have it, but at the time, uh, they had rules where music, uh, the radio stations had to play X amount of Canadian-based artists. Um, but <clears throat> weirdly enough, they at the, when they released only in Canada, they wound up garnering like significant airplay in, of all places, Texas. Mm. And they wound up embarking on a Texas-only tour. Um, in 1979, the band had its first top 40 hit with the song Hold On. They had another song, Lay It on the Line, in heavy rotation on the rock stations. 
this album, Allied Forces, was their breakout record. It immediately went gold and eventually platinum. Hmm. Interesting more, for an album that has seven songs on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is true. Uh, Jesus. And, and you, weirdly, um, in 1988, Rick Emmett, I'm sorry, not 88, uh, during, uh, eventually Rick Emmett started doing cartoons for the magazine Hip Parader. And I remember, once I read that, I went, oh, that's right. I remember seeing them uh, when I would read Hip Parader. You know, not well, look at the pictures because yeah. back then I didn't read anything. <laughs> yeah. Fucking weird. We're hanging pictures of like fucking guys with bulges in their spandex. Yeah, pants rock on stars walls. all over the wall. And then you're like, like what am I doing? Like, what? <laughs> I was so gay. Uh, oh. It was uh, such oh. a leftover of the 60s and 70s. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just bizarre. Uh, Fee, what do you got on the Mighty Triumph? <laughs> The mighty triumph. I love it. Uh, no, I, I didn't really know where to go with this, but I found it funny that one of the things we talked about last week in the show, or Ed, you did specifically, was mixing in covers when when you're getting started. And these guys kind of got big off of, they covered uh, Rocky Mountain Way, Joe Walsh. And I listen to both. I, I mean, it. this triumph, just their version just doesn't hit like Joe Walsh's does, you know, but... But it was good, you know. It was pretty it is straightforward. Joe Walsh, I mean, <laughs> right, right. Um, no, and then I looked up. I'm like, well, where's Rush from? If the, these guys are from the Toronto area too, and they they were uh, born, I guess, 34 kilos apart, one kind of on either side of Toronto, if you would, you know. So interesting. But uh, yeah, no, not too much. I just thought it was funny how they got their break off a cover tune. Feet. Do they still put prizes in boxes of Fruit Loops? I have no idea. So you don't know if there's a fucking toy in the bottom of that box? Well, I don't eat Fruit Loops. What did you eat? What did you say you were eating? Cheerios. Cheerios? Cheerios yeah. suck. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's do some Fruit, opening Fruit thoughts. Loops cause, Fruit Loops cause diabetes, man. I can't fucking That's do that shit. Okay. I'm 50 years old. <laughs> okay. <laughs> fucking, I eat limoncello before I go to bed. Uh, so opening thoughts I've heard this uh, I've never heard this album in its entirety but I've heard a couple of the songs on the radio obviously Um, these guys are talented some of them but I have problems with this album and the big problem I think right out of the gate is that they produced it and it's obvious it needed a couple of more tunes and a couple of tunes taken off like fucking Fee was saying Maybe put a couple of cover songs. I don't know. I mean, you had room. <laughs> Fucking, I don't know. This band is weird. It, You know, there's no reason I should hate it, but I kind of do. I don't know. Dave, have you ever heard this album before preparing for the podcast? I have not. Uh, no memories of this. I haven't heard it before. Uh, I have heard the song Magic Power uh, in the past. And I have seen Rick Emmett in guitar magazines. I uh, specifically remember uh, him in the ads for the Starlex guitar instructional videos nice. back in the 80s. Nice. Um, Ed, I know you fucking jacked off to this thing in concession. Oh, numerous times, numerous <laughs> times. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I've, I actually never heard the entire album. I've heard everything except for probably uh one song off this album previously 
Although at the time, I was probably doing inappropriate things with uh, illicit early 80s drugs. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, Triumph is definitely, it's it's hit or miss. Song's a winner, song's a loser. There's no in between with them, in my opinion. But I, I still, I think the songs that I enjoy from Triumph, I think are just great songs. But Ed, even the good songs lack identity. You know, they just do. Band has a fucking identity. Think about the time. Think about the time. I mean, this is what, 81? Yep. You know, they they got together in 75. They were that transition when disco was big. Rock had no identity. And you had bands like this that were forming, trying to create what became the 80s rock sound. Yeah, they don't Uh, have this. I think Rick Emmett and the bass player are just monster talents. Yeah, the drummer is a good drummer. I like him. Um, I just, it, I think that the album definitely has that '80s sound that is unavoidable. You know, when you were dependent on the budget you had for how well the album was going to sound. Yeah, I disagree. These drums have a like. You ever been in a jam room? You got a room. There's like a band that plays next door. It's like a bunch of old dudes, but they're good, but they're old and they're not cool. And like the drummer has like an old Slingerland drum set that sounds like fucking <laughs> like trash cans, and he's playing yeah. these like overextended fucking fills on the fucking toms, like like yeah. that's this fucking album is terrible. These drums are <laughs> fucking trash. Oh my god! But it was eighty one, dude. You're trying to compare it to something different. There's a lot of great bands from eighty one. The singer can tell he sing? me how. Tell me how these drums sound any different than like Peter Chris's drums. Peter Chris's drums sound just terrible, as fucking terrible. Also That's a terrible drums, drum sound. Yeah, they didn't have the ability or the speakers to be able to get the depth yeah. that we have now. Bullshit. There's so many oh, great albums off. from 81 with warm <laughs> fucking studio produced drums that sound in the pocket <laughs> like they were recorded in a studio and not in a fucking jam room in the rock island studios this is fucking bad <laughs> yeah they're called electronic <clears throat> no this is bad <laughs> feet what do you got <laughs> i never heard this album in its entirety but i knew the majority of the songs you know um i guess i'll say this the one thing about triumph that kind of proved true throughout the week for me is like i hear the songs from time to time and i'm like oh that's a good tune and then i never like care if I listen to it again or not. You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't get me super excited, but it's, but there, but there are some good songs. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's, it's so weird. It's such a weird album. Like the singers can clearly is talented and has tons of range, but I fucking hate his voice by the end. It's all in one register. It's all fucking high. It's all hollow. He's got no mid, no low. He's fucking all over the place. He gets into these weird situations where he gets, Fucking like that. Oh my God. Listening to you evaluate people is like listening to someone talk politics. They have the one thing they like, they describe everything they hate, and it's exactly what they worship as well. So I can't fucking get you. This is this the exact same thing you said about the mighty Jason McMasters. All right. Let's get into the fast. Let's get into the fast five. (laughs) Only this guy actually can sing. Okay. Rick Evans' voice is fucking a god. Oh my god, come on. No. He's got no fucking identity. This it isn't... is beautiful. It's high. Oh, 
Fuck you off. got you got you got Getty you got Getty Lee. You got No, Ed, do not tell me Getty Lee is a fucking great singer. He's better than this guy. No. And, not oh, even yeah. close. Oh yeah. Then you no. got you 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 got Freddie Mercury. You've got singers with identity. Yeah. Freddie Mercury's an actual fucking singer. Yeah, this For guy him is a guitar player that can sing. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's let's keep going. Um Time for the fast five. This in person so we can start getting in fistfights. <laughs> <laughs> I am going for my uh, my purple belt, and I am becoming quite efficient in submission holds. I think I could get you in a Kimura and make you tap. Okay. I'm sure <clears> you <throat> can. Um, now it's time for the fast five, as I've said four times. So today it's going to be cover or original. Now, if you know the answer, don't say it with conviction. All I want out of you is a robot answer. Cover, original. Okay, do we understand? No problem. Okay, first one. <laughs> the robot <laughs> says no problem. We, that, that went that went over my head for a second, and then I realized that's how you answer everything. Nicely played, sir. Nicely played, sir. Okay, number one, "Tainted Love" by Soft Cell. Dave. Um. Cover. Okay. Ed. Original. <laughs> Fee. Cover. Okay. Tainted Love by Soft Cell is a cover song. It was written by Ed Cobb and recorded by Gloria Jones in 1964. Okay. Uh, number two. All Along the Watchtower by Jimi Hendrix. Dave. Cover. Ed. Cover. Fee. Cover. <laughs> okay. Written and recorded by Bob Dylan in 1967. Uh, I like the way you guys are embracing this bit. It's perfect. <laughs> I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. Dave. Cover. Ed. Cover. Fee. Cover. Okay. It was a cover. And it was written and recorded by Dolly Parton. In 1974, where it went number one, and again in 1982, where it also went number one. Number four, Betty Davis Eyes by Kim Carnes. Dave. Original. Ed. Original. And Fee. Original. And you're all wrong. It was written and recorded by Jackie DeShannon in 1974, but it was not. Oh, yes. And number five, this is a big one, boys. Girls Just Want to Have Fun by the great Cindy Lauper with Oliver Eczema. Dave. Original. Okay. Ed. Original. And Fee. Original. The song was written and recorded by Robert Hazard in 1979, though he only did it <coughs> as a demo and it was never picked up. So all right, see you what didn't I did throw there? a single fucking original in there? Yeah. What see the what fuck? I did there? They're all fucking, they were all fucking uh, <laughs> all cover songs. Covers. Okay. So it was original if he never put it on a record. If it's just a demo. She didn't write it. It wasn't. Never got shot. You didn't ask that. All right. <laughs> we'll agree to disagree. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's uh let's get into this fucking puppy. See what we got. So track one. Fool for your love. Not as good as the White Snake version, okay? Like, love White Snake, not loving this. 
Um, verse in this song, guys, did you not get the fucking big bottom from Spinal Tap in this? She's gonna sink me with a pink torpedo. It is fucking big bottom. It is. I got a but, lot of Spinal Tap off of this whole album. So much, Dave, but not as good. It's like Spinal <laughs> Tap. So it's like Spinal Tap without the hooks and the coolness, right? Um, yep. Yeah, we always talk about how important it is to build on good drums, and these drums are fucking terrible. One, they're produced up like hollow live trash cans. The snare is terrible. His fucking, his fill selection is so awful. He plays these overlong fucking tom fills, and oh, he's just so janky. I really hate it. Um, song has a decent bridge only because it's big bottom and I love big bottom. Didn't really love this version of big bottom. Um, hey, dummy. What? Which came out first? Oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't <laughs> okay. Matter. So some, this sounds like a song that wasn't written for another three years. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. You know, all right. That's okay. not how it works. So even better. <laughs> so a band does a spoof on goofy rock and roll bands and they decide to fucking model their album after fucking triumph. There you go. I think it's all been said. And, and, and what happened to that spinal tap album? It was a fucking hit album. Yeah. And this, oh, it's, oh God. Okay. Um, <laughs> so this is definitely rock and roll, but my gate, our alarm is going off. Something feels off specifically with the singer. At a glance, you might think this guy is amazing, and he definitely does have range, but as the album unfolds, oh, it started to wear me out, man. This guy's a one-trick pony. Bass is amazing. I'm going to say it on every track, because I'd like to say something nice about this album on every track. I wish it was louder. And the guitar sound and performance is solid throughout the album, with some janky weak playing slipped in here and there. But for 1981, pretty good. Dave, what do you got? Full for your love. All right. Yeah, the uh, the drummer sings this one. Uh, their their voices kind of sound pretty similar between the drummer and the guitar player. I would have never known the difference, Dave. Yeah, yeah. Um, opens with some guitar feedback. Then the band kicks in. Pretty rocking sounding. A little sloppy slide guitar. Uh, reminds me of Aerosmith meets the Scorpions and Whitesnake. Uh, drums, bass, vocal sound, pretty good. Guitar sounds a little questionable. Uh, solo was okay. Nothing crazy. Meh. Dave, these drums didn't fucking... You didn't think the production on these things were just, like, trash? It, it was a little Ugh. weird sounding, but... God. I mean, a lot of albums did sound like this back in the day. I don't know. I think I could pull a couple of, like, early metal albums out from 81, probably, like, Docking, Quiet Riot, stuff like that. They were they were producing up good Please drums. Please do. No, they sound exactly like this. Uh, they don't. They don't. Your yeah. memory has been proven to be, oh, yeah, I suggested this album, and I really, yeah, it doesn't hold up. There's a lot of that coming from you. So, yeah, you you remember things the way you remember them. And then when you listen to them, all of a sudden you change your mind. So you find an album from this time period that had great drum sounds. <laughs> oh, they're out there. There's some great drum sounds in 81. Ed, talk about this fucking song. Sorry, Dave, are you done? Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm, I'm sure you could find, you know, some some albums with a little better drum sounds. 
Um, but it, it didn't bother me too much, but, but I see your point about it kind of sounded like trash cans in a, in a practice room. It did. And you didn't think that his fucking fill selection was just trash with these overly long old man fucking Tom fills. So bad. <laughs> We're giving it a chance. It's only track one. Okay. Okay. Let's Ed, see. Ed, Ed pitch uh, this thing up. And I love how the three of us, all musicians who have never really done anything significant, we're not making our living as musicians, are tearing apart stuff like this. It's just so perfect. Speak for yourself. I was almost a rock star. Yeah, so was I. <laughs> Me too. Okay. That's what we do here. <laughs> okay. That's the whole point we've of all, the show. We've all had our, yeah. <laughs> that all right. Close? Uh, the song opens with a little feedback tone. And I like it. It's it's a nice, subtle tone. I enjoyed it. Uh, then the band kicks in, and I, I think it's a great groove and quick little guitar solo. Verse starts, and the vocal melody really fits the music well, I think. The lyrics, I think, are good for the time. I mean, yeah, they're kind of cheesy, but they're not terrible. Um, the pre-chorus transitions so well and has this great, simple two-part harmony. Uh, Gilmore and, and Rick Emmett's voices sound together is just gold, I think. I remember hearing it, really understanding the significance of sometimes simple harmonies are just, they work well. And I think this, the pairing of the two of them singing just two different notes works so good. Uh, you know, it's simple but catchy. The chorus is straight out of 1981, and I, I like it. I think it's it's cool. I I'm a huge fan of Rick Emmett's guitar playing. I think he delivers a great solo on this song. And this was like the rock band that really got me listening to, like this was like the stepping stone for me to go to a heavier band. Because at the time I was listening to a lot of Jay Giles and Aerosmith. And they kind of had that very specific sound. Uh, and then I remember getting introduced to Triumph uh when i started hanging down a certain neighborhood um because all the older guys were listening to you know this band and they were all trying to be rock stars back then and uh i just i fell in love with the band and just it it introduced me to a lot of things so yeah uh my opinion today is definitely going to be biased based on my personal experience with it but i still think just everything about the band this song i think it's it's good it's a really good song steven tyler peter wolf come on iconic singers identities you hear it you love it you want it they fucking have layers they go all over the place they do it all don't even put these two fucking jamokes in the same sentence with those two singers Pete, what do you got <laughs> just because you can sing high doesn't mean you're great we learned that in the dangerous toys fucking episode yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Feet, feet, um, go. I'm so glad you guys mentioned the bass playing because I thought that like when I listened to the first song, I was like, oh, wow, another like back to back solid bass players, you know, uh, yeah, on Michael albums we're doing. A beast. a beast. Yeah, yeah. Pretty fucking good. I, I liked it. I like this song. And like you were saying, this simple chorus, like it was catchy for me. This was one of the songs I enjoyed the most this week. Um, Gilmore, what was the other track he sang? It was track four. Yes, track Come on, Ed. <laughs> yeah. Crickets. I don't remember who sang what from memory. Jesus. Yeah. But no, I mean, I found th those yeah. were my two favorite vocal performances on the album. Like, I, 
I thought, but that that was just just for me. But this is one of my top tracks on the album. I really like it. Fee, it's funny you said that because this first song I actually wrote, you know, good piece of vocal. The drummer had the same voice, but he had a little bit more control. He wouldn't let go off the rails every second he was singing. Like in every phrase, you know, it's like just like shut up, fucking sing. Uh, yeah. track two, magic power. So, this guitar intro is really well played with the addition of the flute, though, it really comes across as a Led Zeppelin ripoff for me. And of course, I've heard this song before. The vocal, it's okay, it's solid. Chorus. Probably the best chorus on the whole album. This one is refined. And a lot of these songs aren't refined. Um, you know, they'll have a good idea, but it feels like it just wasn't produced up into like a, a whole song. And this whole album wasn't produced up into a whole album. The whole thing feels incomplete for me, every inch of it. Um, drum sound, completely distracting, especially when they dump this heavy reverb on it. Like three quarters of the way in, they just say, Let's just dump a shitload of reverb on these drums now. <laughs> it's like, no, you got to do that before the song starts. You can't just make a change like that in the middle of the song. Fucking yanked me out of my chair. Um, and I wish, as to my point, I wish the arrangement was simpler on this song. It didn't need all these fucking different parts. This one should have been verse, bridge, chorus, rinse, repeat, verse, bridge, chorus, give me a solo. Take me out, hit song, stamp it, put it on the radio. I started to forget I was listening to a hit song at certain parts. I'm like, where, where are we? What are we doing? I don't know. Dave, what do you got? Uh-oh, 12-string guitar and flutey keyboard sound. Where are the elves? Uh, um, something about this chorus reminds me a lot of Journey. Um, time. That that's who you would assume it's a journey song. You know, you wouldn't know that it's necessarily and that's a bad thing. Triumph. It is because or... the singer is no fucking Steve, Steve Perry. Perry. Yep. Could be, you know, super tramp or something like that. You don't know. Uh, according to an interview with Gil, the drummer on classic rock revisited.com. Rick wrote most of this song by himself. It's all right. Mm. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, Ed. What do you got on Magic Power? Uh, this is a top 10 song for me. What? I, forever? Forever. I love this song. Oh. It is. It comes on and I fucking lose my shit. Uh, I love the intro. I love uh, Rick Emmett's voice. The whole lyrics. Every, everything about this song I love. Uh, smooth, smooth bass tone uh, for this. And really, again, just... Kudos to the fucking uh, Levine. He he did a great job on this. Uh, I like the music builds up, starts to really get your adrenaline flow, and then that chorus kicks in, and I think it's just super hooky. Uh, I sing it at the top of my lungs every time I hear it. Uh, second verse, you have that bass carrying the snare beat is the main focus. I love it. It's it's. I thought it did exactly the opposite of what you wanted, but it did what you want, uh, does. Whereas it was, you had the first verse and, and here's the music for it, and then they play the second verse. They changed the music just enough where the drums really drop back. You have the bass handling the snare roll, where it's just a constant bump, 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 while the guitar is just doing the little picking. I thought it 
it offered a nice change without straying away from what the song is. Uh, you know, and then as soon as the snare starts to come in, the bass switches to the 16th notes and you start to, you, you feel your adrenaline start to flow and then it just, boom, it explodes for that second quick little, like, never going to stop and goes right into the solo. Oh, I think it's just fucking fantastic. I love it. And then the last verse, you have the guitar adding all these little ripping licks. You know, so it's it's I I like it's it's what I consider a song. I don't like songs that don't build. And this song builds. You had you had the opening, it actually kind of starts out big. Well, it starts out small because it's a mellow, but after it builds, it brings it back down. It builds up again, but differently. You have that ripping solo, you have that big huge part, and then it kind of just it it just keeps there right until the end. And I just I love it. This is just phenomenal for me. I thought the three main sections did build bridge, verse, bridge, chorus, but then when they slipped in these other little sections, it just kind of took me out of the song. And then they try and launch me back in. I don't know, man. Didn't work for me. And as far as the bass goes, yeah, amazing. But the problem was the drummer couldn't keep up with this bass player. So when the bass player would start doing these amazing things, it just fucking highlighted how shitty this drummer was. He wasn't up to the fucking task. He wasn't up to the I, task. I would put it a different way because I don't disagree with you. I think the drummer and bass player lack the sync that a drummer and bass player should have. Big time. Big time. Like in 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 and I you know in in you mentioning that I probably didn't notice it as much before but now that you mention it yeah I can totally see like the importance and people underestimate the importance of a drummer and bass player being on the same page. It's the drummer drives, the bass player's the co-pilot and everyone else is just fluff. Yeah. So if the drummer and bass player are off the song is not going to be good. The band's not going to be that great. They're going to be great because you have a lot of great bands that have drummers and bass players that just aren't in sync. But, oh man, when they if these guys are in sync, it's, you know, any band with the drummer and bass player in sync is just, you own, you own the show. Yeah. But there wasn't isn't like, that, isn't that why Rush works like, so well? What is it, T? Isn't that why Rush works so well? Oh, yeah. To fucking amazing and absolutely yeah um I mean, it's not like this drummer is like the worst drummer i ever heard he's just rookie he sounds like a really good player from like a local uh live jam room studio like some guy like hey this is my uncle pete he's like 50 he's been playing the band's whole life got a sling on <laughs> drum kit and he's like it's like yeah i mean whatever he's in time but fucking no thanks and uh ed how about we put it like this it's almost like a fire truck. You got the guy steering from the front, but then you got the bass player steering from the back. You need yeah, them both. No, absolutely. Yeah, you need okay. them both on the same page. V, what do you got on Magic Power? You know, it's funny, because all week I'm sitting there going, Ed's going to blow his load on this song, and Des is going to talk about how gay it is. You know? So, <laughs> so gay. That's... Ding, ding, ding. Winner, winner. <laughs> just, right. Um, but, I mean... It's a fucking hit song for a reason. You know what I mean? It's it's a good fucking song. It's a, it takes you places. There's no, you know, it, you can't. I, I don't see how you can complain about this song at all. This is this is a great fucking song. Not my favorite on the album, but it's a good song. It's a good song for a reason. Um, 
it actually is my favorite song in the album. I'm going to spoiler alert. <laughs> only because it's the only song that feels like it's complete and has a really good chorus. Like this actually feels like a flushed out song. So for that reason, and favorite is a very strong word. Uh, track three, Air Raid. Okay. Uh, they should have just made this the intro to Allied Forces. Should have just been part of Allied Forces. That's my thought. Uh, Dave, what do you think? Not much to talk about. Yeah, this doesn't count as a song. It, no. it's, it's literally a synthesized air raid siren and random sound effects. I, I think I heard this on my Nintendo back in the day, but it, it should have just been tacked on to some other, you know, the next song. Dude, you hit the nail on the head, too. It's not even a good sound effect. It's like... Yeah, it's got the the, uh, fake machine gun sounds in the background. It's like Contra. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. It sounds just like Contra, yes. Yeah, I don't know why... how, why would you make this a separate track? What I'm thinking is like, and I found this, uh, this happened when I started to upload music uh, to my computer from CD. The computer would separate intros. Like I remember uh, trying to upload Operation Mindcrime mm-hmm. uh, before you could buy it online. I, I was like early music players that were digital. I tried uploading it. And it kept separating all the speaking parts that are all like the story in between the songs into separate tracks. I'm like, no, 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 this is the intro to this track. So I couldn't listen to it without like everything getting screwed up. I'm hoping, well, I can't even hope because they did this on purpose and it's just fucking bad. Like, <laughs> like Dave said, it, it, and you said, make it 10 seconds long and make it the intro to Allied Forces. Make it five <laughs> seconds long. You know, maybe they were having right. like Vietnam flashbacks or something, and I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, Fee, I mean, do you have anything to say about this? Bolicherios? I don't know. <laughs> right. No, I do have one thing to say because I was reading a review on this album, and the guy's like, and there are two interludes on the album that don't really disrupt the flow at all. And I just immediately stopped reading because I was like, you're a fucking moron at that point. Like, they completely moron. disrupt the flow of the album. They're terrible. So, yeah awful nope leading us into track four allied forces so this is like their big political cold war ah, so gay god ah. so all right great 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 bass rocking over trash can drums which is so distracting terrible um i don't love the lyrics or the vocal melodies especially in the chorus Man, this should have been a hit song. This should have been a rocker. This thing should have been one that made me want to just be like, yeah. And that's my dilemma with this band. Almost. Almost. In so many spots. Almost. Like, this is what I really should like. I like 70s. I like the rock. It's not 80s glam pussy metal. It's fucking... But it's also not good 70s hard rock and roll that's well flushed out, well produced, and kicking ass at all moments. It's wishy-washy. Um, I really wish they had run the guitar solo down the middle too. So they start doing this weird thing where they're running this solo in my fucking right ear while the singer's going, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, fucking fuck off with this. Uh, Dave, what'd you think? Yeah, I had kind of the same notes. Uh, the beginning started a little uh, prog rock. 
Uh, chorus was okay. Guitar solo started a little weak. Uh, and then my note is, why is the drummer singing over the solo and it's panned to the side like it's not even featured? Uh, the end of the oh. solo is all right. You know, it gets hotter as it moves along. Uh, great scream from the drummer after the solo. Yeah. I mean, when the band is producing the album, like, who knows? Maybe the guitar player, like, got in a fight with, like, the singer that day. And after he did his solo, he left and the singer was like, fucking run it down the left and I'm going to sing over it. Pussy. <laughs> And what do you got on Allied Forces? Uh, it's got a fade-in intro, and I actually don't dislike it. Um, no, I think it works for this. Uh, and I like the riff that they're playing in that little fade-in intro. Um, then the burst kicks in, and I think the song takes off. The music in this song is really good. It's raw, more raw sound. Uh, the lyrics and melody are definitely dated and straight out of the early 80s. Uh, I do love Rick Emmett's solos. I just, I just, I really dig him as a guitar player. Uh, I think his guitar playing is fantastic. I think he keeps that 70s style with adding a little bit of shredder to it, but not enough. Uh, you know, that's just my opinion. Um, the, the, I love the little break to take us out of the guitar solo and bring us back around. Uh, the band just gets my blood pumping. I, for is a cheesy song and yes i i get it it's a cheesy song but mostly because of the lyrics and the melody um and it's just dated i feel like getting behind the wheel for a road trip this is like the the couple songs that i like you know one two and four i think are just great songs to fucking play on a road trip let me out of that car man no fucking way We need to do a show of you and I in a car on a road trip. We each play song for song. Oh my god! And just videotape it because we'll probably crash into every telephone pole. Me and you the in the road. back seat while Fee drives. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, but you're right with this guitar player because it was so weird. It was like coming in and out of focus. Like there's moments on this album where I'm like, man, this guy fucking shreds and kicks ass. He's he's fucking fire. And then there's other ones where he's playing these wonky pentatonic scales that just don't work, and he's sloppy, and it sounds just like not good and i just i mm -hmm. was having trouble figuring it out like it almost felt like he had a style like a 70s style and he was like to compete in the 80s i'm gonna need to learn some of these new riffs and he learned them but what doesn't make sense about this point is he's playing the 80s shredder riffs better than he's playing the 70s riffs i don't know it's all weird dave no ed Dave, someone, where are Feet. we? <laughs> had coffee. Feet, talk about it. Coffee and gummies. Good combination. No yeah. gummies. I don't take oh, them right. before four. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, I took some last night and they were very nice. Um, Ooh. I, I like this song. I think it's okay. I, I think like once it, once it gets going from that intro, it, it just kind of, they kind of stay in that groove the whole rest of the song. And it, it's pretty good. Ed, I was surprised it wasn't too long for you or that you didn't say it doesn't really go anywhere for me. You know, like I, I was really surprised by that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's definitely dated. It's definitely, I, I see what you're saying, but I don't know. I think it just, it works for me just cause I like the hook. 
Oh, but dude, you're not you're not wrong. Like I, I could see like because in the car you just kind of get into that groove of driving and whatever. You know what I mean? Like yeah, put this on. This would be this would keep me there. Yeah, it's got you a know? great tempo. It's got great energy, and it's going to be in the background. Like it's not something where mm-hmm. you're going to sit there and go Allied forces. You're going to be right. like talking while you know it's right. on, and you're just going to be bobbing your head, paying attention to the road. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, right. I, road I can no. see you. I can see you bobbing your head in the car to Allied forces. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Fee's lap. Oh God! Yes. Who's Justin Fee? Your boyfriend? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, <clears throat> track five. So this one is called Hot Time, and I fucking hate a Johnny B. Good ripoff. I don't give a fuck who does it. Fuck this song. I fucking hated, hated this song. The vo- the vocals are produced like fucking shit. There is so much reverb dumped on this vocal. It doesn't match any other vocal on the entire album. The trash can drums, they were like, hey, let's dump like a shitload of reverb on these shitty trash can drums and see if it makes them sound smoother. No, 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 no. All it did was eat up the great bass that was on the track to where I couldn't hear it anymore. And again, they're going to shove the guitar solo in my right ear. No thanks. Fuck this tune. Dave, what'd you think? Yeah, my note is rehash Chuck Berry. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't think it was too bad, uh, but it was very hard to hear the lead vocal. It had too much echo, uh, but it was a decent rocker. Mm. Ed, what did you think of this one? Did you love it? No, I, I can't stand songs like this. Um, that early 80s rock and blues song that everyone's trying to relive the 50s rock. It's like, no, I just it, it this sticks out like a sore thumb. It's like a fucking boil on your ass on this album. It is like, I would literally rather listen to air raid than this. I would I just, too. I just, yeah, I just, I don't <laughs> like when good. bands do this and this is not an, a knock against them. It's a knock against every band. Yeah. Don't start a song. It's the exact riff from Johnny B. Good. They don't even try yeah. and hide it. It's Johnny yeah. B. Good. Fee, did you love this song? No, no, not not really. I mean, it was okay, but but tell me this guys as musicians, these are the types of songs that live people fucking get up to, right? Maybe. Yeah, and it, and there's songs yeah. that everyone likes to solo over cuz they're super easy to solo over. Right. Why not so, just do Johnny Be Good? I agree. They kind of did. Right? <laughs> oh, man, do I have a fun <laughs> Chuck Berry fact. And that's get paid they... for this one. <laughs> Don't get paid for this one. Uh, Fee, so but, what, what is your final thought on this piece of trash? Just okay, middle of the, middle of the road. Like, I don't okay. know, maybe live I'd like it. Probably not. Yeah, probably not. All right, that's uh, end side A. Um, so I just got a couple of questions for you guys because these are things I did when I was a kid and I want to see how unusual of a child I was. So I'm going to run it by and you guys are just going to say... I'm pretty sure we've already established that. I was going to say, do you have to ask? <laughs> okay, so I was a weird kid, but let's yeah. just see if you guys did any of this shit. Have you ever eaten Play-Doh or chewed on Play-Doh after making like a little Play-Doh cheeseburger or a little Play-Doh piece of pizza? Have you ever chewed on Play-Doh? Dave? I've smelled it, but not chewed on it or eaten it. <laughs> okay. Ed? Yeah, I'm with Dave. I smelled it like it's that Play-Doh smell is so unforgettable. But yeah, no, I never ate it. Uh, Fee, have you ever smelled it but not put it in your mouth? 
Let me ask you this, Des. Did you also put lead paint chips as cheese on your little fake cheeseburgers? We already have um, talked about me we're, eating we're, lead paint off the back of my grandfather's <laughs> house. And you all admitted yep. to eating lead paint. So what yep. is your answer? Yep. Yes, I've I've sniffed it, but not put it in my mouth. <laughs> okay. okay, that still counts, just so you know. Okay. Fair enough. Um, two, have you ever bit into silly putty? Dave, have you ever bit a piece of silly putty? Maybe. I can't remember. Okay. Ed, have you ever bit a piece of silly putty? Uh, I'm pretty sure because I wanted to see my teeth mark impressions. <laughs> and Fee, have you ever bit silly putty? I'm pretty sure that's a no. My wife actually had bit silly putty, and she, my wife has definitely sniffed it but not put it in her mouth. Wait a <laughs> I got laid last night. I actually have this ottoman in my room. And uh, she came upstairs. I said, can we do it on the ottoman? She goes, that's fucking weird. And I'm like, I don't care. I want to do it on the ottoman. And we did, and it was awesome. Uh, number three, have you ever played with liquid mercury from a broken thermometer, put it in the palm of your hand, and swirled it around? <laughs> Dave? I have not. Ed? Yeah, definitely no. V? No. Okay. <laughs> Thank God uh, I got caught doing this and the mercury was taken away from me immediately, but I did do it. Hmm. And finally, have you ever snipped gasoline because it smells good? Dave. Oh yeah. Okay. Ed. <laughs> Absolutely. And fee. Yeah. We're all fucking junkies. Yeah. I did that the <laughs> other day on my way to karate class. I was pumping oh gas. I was like, mm, that smells good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's it. So that ends. Unless you guys, anybody want to add anything? Anybody uh, have sex on an ottoman last night or sniff it? Huh? I, I, I didn't know your sex doll could talk. That's awesome. No, she can't. I don't have <laughs> yeah, one. We've already right. determined that. Okay. Ed is working yeah. on it, though. Okay. <laughs> yes, I am. Okay. <clears throat> Number six. Fight the good fight. So we get more Led Zeppelin here. This song is good, but not as good as the songs and bands they're trying to emulate, like Led Zeppelin and Rush. The singer is talented, but he lacks personality and control. He just lives in the high register. Get a nice melodic guitar solo, but it's so Jimmy Page and not as good and not as creative. The bass again, <laughs> fucking amazing. Every track, this guy's fucking money. And by this time, I am so over these fucking 70s drum fills. These long tom rolls and trash can snare hits. Oh, God. I am just done with this guy. Yeah, that's what I got on that. Dave, what do you got? Yuck. Acoustic and flute <laughs> keyboard again. Uh, we got more elf magicians on the way. Uh, <laughs> prog rock, Rush style BS. Uh, but in that uh, classic rockrevisited.com interview that I was talking about before, Gil the drummer pinpointed this as one of his favorite vocal performances of his bandmate Rick. Hmm. Interesting. Um, Ed, did you like it? I did. Uh, every time I hear this opening to this song, I get excited. I don't know why. I don't think there's anything spectacular about it. I just, I love this song. I think it's a great song. Uh, the pre-course in the song is the massive hook. The bass line during it, like the whole melodic bass line that's so clean and matches the melody that Rick's singing. Oh, oh, it 
I'm getting excited just thinking about it. And then you bring in this monstrous rock chorus that breaks down with another great bass line to bring it back into the verse. I mean, the bass line just, it, it stands out. It dominates this song, this band. So underrated. Uh, the guitar solo, I don't think, disappoints. Uh, this is just a great rock song. That really a prelude to the music scene to come, in my opinion. You know, because I get a lot of, like, transition between the 60s, 70s rock to the early 80s with this song. I just feel it's that perfect blend. Nobody was influenced by Triumph or this album specifically. I'm not saying influence so much as I think they just had that sound that was the transition sound that people kind of said, oh, I, yeah, all right, let's take that and make it this. This album should have been white with the words rock band stamped on the front. <laughs> Fee, what do you got Stop. on this tune? Um, I, it does. I'm going to disagree with you for one second here. There, okay. there is one one note I have of someone who may have been influenced by this, and it's Mr. Big. <laughs> I agree. Oh, no. I agree 100%. I, honestly, um, this is way better than Mr. Big. Way better. Way better. Eh, I, I'm torn on that one myself. God, but Mr. Big is I, so I don't fucking know, way better, gay. but... Oh. Oh, you guys are yeah. fucking gay. If Mr. Big was um, a vegetable, it would be a cucumber. Fee, keep going. <laughs> the most delicious of all vegetables. <laughs> you fucking right. full of water. <laughs> I like it when it's pickled. Oh, God. I bet you do. <laughs> um, now this song's this song's pretty good. I mean, it's okay. I guess with a lot of these songs, like it's is it supposed to be like a motivational, like an anthem type song? And it, for me, that like the message doesn't necessarily fit the music, but but it's a pretty good. Well, song. Well, they like, were like an early arena rock band, so yeah, it was kind of like that's what they were going for. Yeah, yeah, and and maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Like the the message is strong, but the I didn't I didn't felt the the music got me as excited as the as the message and vice versa. You know what I mean? I I don't know. I kept going back and forth on that, but pretty good tune. Such a weird band, Ed. Such a weird band because my mind says yes, but my gut says no. So, <sighs> you're telling me I picked a good band because it's making you think. It's something you hadn't listened to before. So, it was a good album for the podcast. Yeah, I mean, it was a great album for the podcast. And it's just a confusing listen for me because it doesn't suck. But kind of like the album. It's like a bowl of soup. (laughs) And like, and like after the guy made it and served it. Yeah. It 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 was like, he was like, he was like, oh shit, I put in cinnamon instead of cumin. Like it makes can, a big difference. That. Yeah, I get that. I can I can get that. I can relate to that. Like, oh, if you would just put the right spice in, this would have been delicious. But it's not. Yeah, like like the next song. I'm pretty <laughs> sure we're all gonna have the same notes. Okay, so let's get to it. My first note. Snoozer. Uh Jesus. He's a good player, but who cares? This isn't a song. Include this in Air Raid, and we have a seven-song album. This isn't a song. I mean, he's a good player. He's a good player, but who cares? This isn't Cry No More by L.A. Guns. Like, I didn't hear this and be like, I have to learn this. Ed, why are you shaking your head? Cry No More is a infectious piece of guitar playing that belongs on an I'll album. I'll take with your word for it. <laughs> Dave, can you play Cry No More? Uh, I, I haven't tried, but probably. 
Oh, I can play it. It would you would think Tracy Guns was sitting right next to you. Nice. Okay. Um, Dave, just tear this piece of shit apart. Yep. Uh the overblown a cappella vocals. Ugh. Uh, in my personal iTunes, I rated this lower than all the other songs on this album because it sounds so Spinal Tap. Wait, wait. Yeah. We're talking about Petite Etude, right? No, we're talking about Ordinary Man. What? Ordinary Man. We we haven't gotten oh. to, to the guitar okay. piece of oh, Petite Oh, wait, I etude skipped over. Yet. What I okay. just said was about Petite Etude. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll, let me quickly go. The acapella intro performed well, but it's not cool. For example, when Queen does it, cool. When these guys do it, not cool. There it is. Drums, not my cup of tea. Hated his fill selection. Didn't like this song. Great bass. This guy's great. Dave, go. <laughs> yes, the overblown acapella vocals, yuck. Uh, my personal iTunes, I rated this lower than all the other songs because it sounds so spinal tap. Uh, look in the mirror and tell me what you see is the first vocal line. How many songs open with that <laughs> or have that in it? Uh, 12 string guitar and keyboards. Uh, fun fact, the bass player produced most of Triumph's material in the studio. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think he he was kind of uh, the captain of the ship from the production production standpoint. Excuse me. Uh, song turns pretty rockin' halfway through, complete with pipeline-style guitar pick runs. Uh, the prog rock continues just after that, however. This song is over seven minutes long. <laughs> guitar soloing is just okay. The high singing at the end, I do not enjoy. It sounds like nails on a chalkboard. Dave, I can promise you that I didn't listen to the entire seven minutes, but only one time when I listened to it on the way to work, I listened to the whole album and I said, I am not listening to that whole song again. No, nope. Ed. God. <laughs> yeah. It, it's funny. Cause the acapella opening, I'm like, this is like a bad version of a Kansas song. Like, like, like at that time, Kansas just owned acapella in big singing. You know, queen was different. Queen was, beyond like whatever everyone thought uh but yeah i, I got the total in, in my opinion at least i think this is like just them going hey you hear kansas do like carry on my wayward son we should do that you know even i don't know wayward son may have come out before or after this i don't even know but this just sounds like a bad version of it in my opinion way too much of a late 70s rock opera proggy folky story or i'm just like no no, but again, the bass stands out. It's fantastic. Uh, but yeah, it was weird, the 180 that it does, Dave. I found it just like, okay, I, they should have just done this song. Right. Like, that would have been a better song, yeah, in my cut opinion. Out, cut out the, the first part. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but it was just crazy. But Ed, the Kansas, I don't, I don't song, like the Kansas song has amazing words, amazing melodies. I, I agree. I agree. It's That's a, why I said this is like yeah. a bad, bad version of it. Of yeah. whichever came first. But this it's is just, a boner fest. That's what it reminded me of. Oh, it just yeah, I did these like, guys not were a, like not these guys were like, let's take the worst possible melody. Let's go for something kind of like uh goofy opera. Uh it's oh it's just fucking sucks. B, what do you think? I'm I'm glad we're all on the same page on this one because I was like I wanted to murder this song by the end of the week. Um, 
these guys have an identity crisis. That was one of my first notes on this one, you know? Great point. Great point. And um, I guess, like, it kind of reminded me of, like, a, a more modern protest song. You know how everyone in, like, the 60s, early 70s kind of wrote a protest song, you know? It, this kind of reminded me of that, but it didn't really hit, you know? It just didn't, I don't know. I was just bored to death with this whole thing. I didn't like like it at all. Definitely my least favorite track on the album. Yeah, Allied Forces was their protest song from what I what I gathered, Dave. Yeah. Yeah, and the Kansas song came out in 76. So yeah, I'll bet the drum sounded there we go. So better. yeah. So it's it's like they heard it and said, Let's try this. Yeah. I don't recall hearing that song and thinking these drums sound like shit either. So Oh, okay. Petititude. Am I pronouncing that right? I would say yes. <laughs> what is a petititude? Do you smell it? Do you eat it? You don't, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's, it's French. A short, they are Canadian. Short study. Yeah. Little etude. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I went on a little vacation up to Canada once. Back of my uncle's motorcycle. We drove up there and we stayed in the old. Hold the phone. <laughs> Hold the phone. Yep. You decided you, to take a little vacation on the back of your uncle's motorcycle to Canada? Yeah, it was weird. This is like an after-school special right now where you're describing. Tell yeah. me. Show me in the doll where he touched you because that's what it, this sounds like it's going. No um, offense to your uncle because I'm sure it didn't happen or I hope it no. didn't happen. But Oh, my thank, God. Thank God it didn't. He's a large man. Uh, yeah, you know, we stopped at different uh, different campsites along the way, and then we got up into Canada. We stayed in the old city um, in a little, like, you know, flat thing. You, you, and, so you, can you narrow it down? Do you understand Canada is actually larger than the United States? Yeah, we stayed and in the old city. You just say city. we drove up into Canada, and you stayed in old city. That's the name of the city? Yeah, old city. What province? I have no idea. I was like, I was like 10. So, but I, oh, I, I, quack. I have no idea, <laughs> but I, I do know that they sold switchblades and I think fireworks. I think I was, uh, impressed by that. And, uh, Ninja stars. Maybe. Oh, I have a good Ninja star story. Um, and <laughs> we had, uh, I ate frog legs for the first time and beef bourguignon for the first time there. Very Both good. Delicious. Yes, and we got a cheeseburger on the way up and once we were in Canada. And I remember when they brought it to the table, the beef patty was so small. It was funny. And I remember saying something like in front of the waitress and she something rude. And my uncle like kind of grabbed my hand and she goes, You know, I speak English too, right? And I was like, Oh fuck. All right. That story All right, sucked. So literally it's like you just described a Saturday Night Live skit. Yeah, I don't know. We drove up on the back of my uncle's motorcycle, <laughs> staying at numerous campsites along the way. Let's call them rest areas. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, me and Richie Keys threw a bunch of Chinese throwing stars into doors in Queen Anne's Gate, the complex oh, I'm always God. talking about. <laughs> and course. we, like, destroyed these doors. So we got caught, and we blamed it on a kid called... Danny Shronics. We made the name up. And the, and they fucking and the guy that was the manager there was a um a cop. His name was Jimbo. And he fucking he got us and he pressed us until finally we broke. We're like, all right, there's no Danny Shronics. We did it. And they made a shovel snow to pay for the doors. Fun story. 
Okay. I don't even know what we're doing. Did anybody talk about petititude yet? Petititude. It sucked. Dave, what do you think? Okay. Uh, classical style guitar solo. It's fine. Uh, I kind of like it better than the heavy guitar playing on this album. Uh, I'm just going to say it. This guy's a nerd. He looks like every guitar teacher at the local music store in 1985. I watched a few songs from Triumph at the Us Festival in California in 1983 on Heavy Metal Day, including Judas Priest, Ozzy, Scorpions, and Headlined by Van Halen, and these guys were not fitting in. They were the wussiest band there that day by far. The guitar player wore his guitar up around his tits. That automatically qualifies you from being cool. Disqualifies you. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, let me retake that. That automatically disqualifies you from being cool. <laughs> however, this guitar, <laughs> however, this guitar interlude on the album was nice. Oh, dude, yes. Yeah. So, so Ed, because I know you're clueless to this, sleazy cool guitar players. The lower you play no. the guitar, the cooler you are. Yeah, no. The height he- has nothing to do with how good you play guitar. Um, no, I didn't say how good you play guitar. I said how cool you are. <laughs> I won't disagree that there's a lot of cool-looking guys who play really shitty guitar. Okay. (laughs) Nicely played, sir. What do you think about this? (laughs) Uh, I like it. I like it. It's a little, you know... uh, Gay? Classical. No, it's a little classical piece. I'm curious, though. Did he do this? What, What came out first? D... By Rainy Rhodes off, what was that, Blizzard of Oz that was on? Or did this? Did, it doesn't Blizzard matter. Of Oz, do you not like D? I mean, D I is love great. D. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter which one came out first. I'm not saying one's better than the other. I'm just saying it's, it's, I'm curious if he was influenced. Ah, Randy did this. Let me do this too, because I can kind of do a version of it. Yeah, I think uh, Randy is good, but. Randy used to play that back uh, when he was in the clubs with Choir Riot. So, you know, probably at least a few years before That's 81. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Uh, but yeah, you know what? That was a thing back then, though. So you heard it all the time, people trying to do it. So whatever. It was, yeah, It there was no point to it in the album. But I guess, you know, one of those ego things back then, maybe. I don't know. Dude, I missed an opportunity last week. I was listening to the show, and me and Ed were fucking getting on about how great one of the songs were. And Fee goes, what do you call it when two guys are jerking each other off? And I missed it. It's gay. That's the answer. Gay. Okay. Oh, I'm pretty sure us talking about docking enough was pretty much laying the groundwork for gay. Fee, did you like that intro of the show last week? (laughs) That shit was funny, man. I think you need a foreskin for that. Go ahead, talk about fucking petite to a docking. I guess I have a question. Yeah, petite etude is supposed to showcase a, a skill, you know. And does this showcase a, a skill? Like, was this masterful playing? I don't know. I do. Wasn't. I don't know. Answer. Is it necessary? There's some some no. decent classical style guitar playing. It's okay. not necessary. Who cares? That's what I wrote. Who cares? Right. It wasn't necessary. Like, I'd rather listen to something like the intro to Tesla's love song than this. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Even though I didn't super love that song. Yeah, but that was because they wrote that as the intro for the song. You know, yeah. Anytime you do something like that, if you're able to blend it into the next song, it would be great. 
But, do you guys, do you guys understand right. this isn't a real album? This has no fucking direction. It has, it's not comprehensive. It's not finished. It doesn't go anywhere. There's incomplete songs. There's half songs. There's quarter songs. There's songs that aren't songs. This thing is a fucking wreck. It's a fucking disaster. Track nine, say goodbye. Bye, Triumph album forever. By this time, I can't listen to this band, or this fucking bland vanilla bullshit rock anymore. I just can't. The song is fine, <laughs> but like the whole album, it's just a fucking messy, convoluted fucking... Ah, don't care anymore. But it's pretty good. <laughs> Dave, what do you got? <laughs> I don't know. Just how I feel. I'm confused. Oh. I'm confused. Do I do I put it in my mouth or do I just sniff it? I don't know. <laughs> I'm go with the sniff. I'm just gonna sniff it. See what they did there. Last song on the album entitled uh, "Say Goodbye." Ha uh, ha. Uh, Nothing. Waka waka. Waka waka waka. Pretty rocking sounding. Uh, more basic slide guitar. The pre-chorus and the chorus are pretty decent, even though it's the same chords as Living After Midnight by Judas Priest. Oh, the middle break is kind of more of the same and just builds back up to the final choruses. Uh, no guitar solo, except a few licks at the end. I get more Journey vibes from this one. Meh. Yeah, Dave, there's tons of Journey vibes on this album. But again, the singers have no identity. This isn't like listening to fucking Journey. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, this guy's great and his voice is refined and he knows what he wants to do with this song. No, they were just like, hit every high note you can. Give me a couple of and that's great <laughs> rock and roll. No, this guy could have put out a great vocal track. The two fucking singers that sound exactly the same, but they were just not real dinner refined. Ed, talk about this. Give last us a song. couple what? A what? what? Give us a couple what, Des? I don't know. <laughs> holy shit uh i love this song uh you would you would i do i i was upset that it wasn't on the greatest hits because i just think it's a great song the chorus hook is massive uh the vocal harmonies and melody i enjoyed it's one of the in my opinion a completely underrated song for the time period. Uh, wasn't appreciated as much as I thought it should have been. I just love this song. You can't not hear it and not sing it. Ed, was the greatest hits album of 45? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was not. They actually had a lot of hits. They, they were, they were the, that band that had like one or two hits on a whole bunch of albums. Yeah. And that's all you need, man. And I think they had what? I think they had eight albums. Maybe hmm. Maybe even wow. more, yeah. They, yeah. How, they a how lot of was music. I not famous? It seems like there was room. <laughs> oh, I can give you a million reasons for that, Des. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. All right. <laughs> Starting with that picture of a band that you sent that was of good you stuff. in. That picture's cool. Oh, v. my God. Oh, you, just don't, you just don't get it. And I wore that guitar so low. Fee. <laughs> I refer back to my previous comment. Oh, right. <laughs> Dude, that picture was so cool. You know what? I may put that picture on the Breaking Vinyl uh, Facebook page for all to enjoy. Uh, no, you know, we you should go. do a Breaking Please Vinyl do. show where we do a couple of your songs, a couple of songs that I did with Impact, and a couple of songs Dave did in other bands, and just tear them to bits. Oh, shit. <laughs> I might avoid that. <laughs> 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 
Tommy, please, please finish this. I, I want to do that show. I think that would be a lot of fun. Does that um, misery? No, this is this is a good way to end the album. I, I kind of like the song. I was like, Ed's gonna love this song. This this is the one where I think Mr. Big stole directly from this song. I, <laughs> I think, but um, God, yeah, but yeah, Ed's gonna love this. Uh, and you know, it's it's okay. You know, better than average for sure. I'd like it's it's a good way to end the album. I like it. Okay, I disagree. This is not better than average. Okay, so we did it. We broke down Triumph. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, good pick, Ed. Made for some fun conversation. And now it is time to release the bonus track. <laughs> Today's bonus track is brought to us by Chip Douglas of the Bryant Park area. He writes, guys, I'd love to hear your review. The Ballad of Youth by Richie Sambora. And my two brothers love the show, too. Um, so, guys, I love Richie Sambora. All right, no, let me, I don't love Richie Sambora. I like Richie Sambora. Um, very talented. Great singer. Better than Bon Jovi. Great guitar player. And this song is fine. But it definitely lacks the earworm hook, as Fee would say. And the video is a tribute to Richie Sambora. By Richie Sambora. It's a little gay. Um, the solo, it's solid, but I wanted more because I know Richie can just deliver as a guitar player. And I don't know, he's kind of it felt like he was kind of trying to explore like a I don't I don't know what he was doing here, but I've heard better from Richie Sambora. I didn't love it, I didn't hate it. It was decent. My watch score, 62.5. Dave, what do you got on this one? All right, this is from his first album, uh, solo album, Stranger in This Town from 1991. It's got, uh, according to Wikipedia, Bon Jovi bandmates Tico Torres on drums and David Bryan on keyboards. Okay, first off the bat, you know, Richie's my guy here. We are from the same town, Woodbridge, New Jersey. He went to the same high school as I did. I've been a Bon Jovi fan for quite a while. Uh, It starts off with some acoustic guitar, honestly a little slow. Then the band kicks in, and it, it sounds a lot better. Uh, nice guitar melody. Uh, Richie's vocal can put most other 80s lead singers to shame, and he's mostly known as a guitar player. Everything sounds great. Uh, song is kind of not great, uh, but it yeah. keeps moving enough, so you know <laughs> you don't really notice before it's over. Uh, decent solo, you know, a little wah-wah action there. Uh, the breakdown after the solo has a nice uh, melody. Chorus is decent. My score is 66. Dave, I I like my Richie Sambora when he goes more for like a classic. Like he's just better than this. He's better than this. This was 280s hair metal for me for Sambora. I want my Sambora a little more grown up than this. Yeah. yeah. Ed. So you're more of a fan of his second solo album. I don't know any of his solo work, but I was expecting a little more. I've heard some of it, just pieces. Yeah. So the first, yeah, the first is very 80s vibey. Offspring of Bon Jovi. Yeah, the second album is very, oh, well, I was not expecting this, and it's in a great way, in my opinion. Uh, I'm a massive Richie Sambora fan. Uh, This song is a little classical guitar-ish thing in the beginning 
or classical-ish guitar in the beginning. Uh, and then it kicks in and I love the groove. I mean, I think it's just, it's a monster groove. Uh, the flow of the music with the lead guitar and then the vocal melody, it's just, it's loaded with emotion. The problem is it lacks dynamics, in my opinion. Like it hits the gas and it never really lets off when it should. Like you're like, oh, I wish this kind of just pulled back a little here. And then, you know, it just, that's all it's lacking, in my opinion. Uh, all of Richie Sambora's solo albums are a must listen for people who enjoy rock, blues, popish style music. Um, his songs are just addicting. His voice and his playing are some of the best. He is so underrated as both a singer and a player. Uh, honestly, his solo, his guitar solos to songs and uh, Joe Perry's guitar solos to songs, I think are they're two of the best guitarists for writing a solo to fit the song and not just show off ever. They're just, I think they're perfect. Uh, but this song, I gave it an 82.8. I agree, Ed. He's very melodic, and he's got a lot of really good melody. Um, he knows how to follow the rhythm of a song very well. I agree. He's really good. And maybe I'd heard one of those uh, Sambora songs off the second album, so I was expecting something that didn't sound anything like Bon Jovi, and it kind of did a little bit. So that's, I think, what threw me off with this song a little. But I, mm. I didn't hate it. I thought it was good. Yeah. Fee, what do you got? So I was a little elevated when i listened to this last night and um <laughs> i i forgot to write notes but okay. um <laughs> i it elevated it, yes five milligrams five uh, milligrams i don't know i don't know a, a friend of mine's brother makes his own in michigan and he brought some out so oh, it's kind of no. like no 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 just I, I'm Just not take taking a my chance with that. No, 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 no. Let's see where I, it goes. I need a package with doses on the pack. I'm not like, hey, I made this in my bathtub. Oh, great. Give me some. <laughs> Sometimes you got to take a chance, you know? No. Nope. Uh, last night was one of those nights. And yeah, feeling pretty good. Um, I remember enjoying it, you know, like I didn't, I didn't dislike, but I didn't, but I also didn't wake up going, oh man, let me add that to a playlist. So I, for that reason, I'll give it a 72. I, I think I remember enjoying it. It was good. Nice. What flavor was your gummy? I think that one was cherry. It was red. That's all I know. Yeah. I got a bunch of different flavors now. I got some limoncello. I got some passion berry and got all sorts yeah. of good stuff. I'm a connoisseur now of the gummy. Nice. I took the most I ever took yesterday. A little too yeah. much. How much was that? 10 milligrams throughout the whole day. I took a five in the morning and a five in the afternoon. That's it? Night. Five in the morning. Five. Well, I've been taking half a five. I've been splitting a five and a half, and it's like wasn't quite enough. So I took a whole five, and then I took a whole five at like eight, and by like ten, I was like, mm, that might have been a little too much. So I'm gonna uh, dial it in a little bit. Yeah, if you're able You'll to find a... like the two point five milligram mint, oh, they have to dive for because they're they take the anxiety just enough away. And you can feel when they start to fade, so you just pop another two, and you're completely fucking sane. Yeah, it's that's awesome. how I've been. Mm -hmm. The two point five seems to work perfectly for me, and I maybe add like another point five on. It's perfect. Um, and I will say, so it's about two weeks into my experiment. My base is so much higher than it was. Like it is really, it's really um, curved my OCD. And you know, people say, "Oh, OCD." You know, I have it. I like everything to be in a straight line. That's not OCD. OCD no, no, no. is when your brain is fucking a train wreck. That's in mine is fucking 
way better. So gummies, good stuff. <laughs> um, Ed, will you please calculate those scores? Huh? I'm on fire today. <laughs> well, Des. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Ballad of Youth by Richie Sambora Uh, We're all a fan of Richie Sambora Uh, We all have different levels of expectations of this Or interpretations, I should say, of this song And this song, I think, is under where it should be But still acceptable Uh, This is pushing 70.82 watts That's perfect for this song That's perfect for this song I think. I think it should have been around like 78-ish. It's in the ballpark. I would like to hear one of the ones off the second album. I think we could have done better with this pick. I fault you for that, Chip Douglas. As you should. Um, Dave, Dave, this is your job. Tell us where this lands on the Breaking Vinyl Wall of Fame. This is at number 10 on the bonus track chart Wall of Fame under... Asia's time again, and just on over uh, "Cry Little Sister" from the Lost Boys. That fucking Asia song sucks. Moving up, I love Groundhog it. Day's coming up. Oh, it nope. is. We're gonna fucking go to yeah. town. Hundred watt song. All right. So, um, I have been looking forward to this since I heard about it. I'm really looking forward to this. So, we have a special guest calling in today. Um. We have Triumph, the insult dog, calling in. I can't believe it. So let's go to the phones. Hello, Triumph, is this you? Do you want to comment on the album we're reviewing today? Yes, they are amazing. I have one question. Did Rick Emmett also feather his pubes in the 80s? (laughs) That's it. Seriously, this album is great. For me to poop on. Okay, thanks. And oh uh, my god, I can't wait to get sued. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Triumph the Insult Dog. We appreciate you being a fan of the show and calling in. And I'm sure that flaming red bush was feathered. Okay. Um. What do we got left here? My favorite song, and I use favorite loosely because I had no favorite song, but I would have to say Magic Power. The song I cut would be Hot Time because it sucked. I would remove Gilmore on drums and I would replace him with the great Nick Mason of Pink Floyd. I'm sure he would have got a better sound. Dave, what do you got? Uh, my favorite track, Allied Forces. It was pretty rocking. Uh, I would cut Air Raid. Uh, needs to go. Does it really count as a song? Otherwise, nope. ordinary man. It's too cheesy in prog rock. Okay. Um, oh, Andrew. sorry. I forgot yes. my replacement. Yes. And uh, okay. So uh, replace one member of the band. I will replace Rick Emmett. I don't know that much about him, uh, but was not really impressed by his guitar playing, despite being hyped endlessly in guitar magazines in the 80s. He can sing high, but sometimes gets kind of annoying. I'm going to put in someone with much tastier licks, little lower vocal range, uh, but much greater songwriting chops. The legendary Ace Freely. Ace will fix everything. Oh, God, no. Yes. 
Are you fucking on crack right now? Ace Fraley sucks. Oh, oh my god. Shit. Ace Fraley. Really, oh, he brings when the it comes 70s. to musicianship, the four of them, the original members of KISS, are fucking terrible. Oh, I love Ace Fraley solos. Oh no. terrible. Oh no. terribly good. <laughs> Ed, what do you got? All right. Uh favorite track, Magic Power. What track would I cut? I am with Dave. Eerie, but I don't really consider that a track because it's just noise. So I would cut Ordinary Man. Mm. Uh, if I would replace anyone in the band, I would replace Gil Moore. And I would replace him with Kelly Keegy from Night Ranger because he is in a significantly better version of Gil Moore. <laughs> Perfect. Much better drummer and a much better singer. And I guarantee you, the album that they cut in 1981, the drums sounded way better. Dude, these drums sound like shit. And it's not nothing to do with 1981. Nothing to do with 1981. Fee, what do you got? Hey, uh, I like that pick, Ed. Um, favorite track, Fool for Your Love, uh, cut Ordinary Man because it fucking blows. Uh, replace everyone with Rush? No. Um, yeah. I would... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I would just add a singer to this and I was I was kind of listening to a little bit of Deep Purple last night at two and I think uh is it Ian Ian Gillen? I think I think uh he would I think he'd be a good fit for this band. Ah, oh, dude, Fee, I actually had Deep Purple up as well. And that's a great, great pick. Really good. I love it. Would have worked magically. Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's uh, do some quick final thoughts. We'll score this thing and we'll put it in the vault. So this album is a bit of a mess. It feels incomplete, borderline unfinished. The drums were not for me and the vocals were good, but got annoying after a while. Bit of a one trick pony. Um, This album, I don't know, man. It is universally recognized to have a couple of hits on it, even though... These hits did not sound as good and were not as complete and cohesive as I remember them being when I heard them on the radio. If it wasn't for the hits, I would trash this thing completely, but it's just above average. It's pushing 50.1 watts. I think that's a little high, but I'll give them the respect they deserve, and I will never listen to one second of any song on this album ever again. Dave, what do you got? The Good... 39 minutes, perfect album length to get through in a sitting, not too dense. The bad, these guys sound like Journey made out with Rush in a back booth at Tim Hortons. Gross. <laughs> it's decent, uh, some okay parts, but some definitely not okay parts too. Um, actually pretty great bassist, decent drummer. Uh, we didn't point out how the bassist looks a lot like Derek Smalls from Spinal Tap. But... Totally, yeah, totally. <laughs> they base that character off him totally. Oh, so good. Yes. Um, the songs are just kind of not there, and the guitar is a little off for me. My score is 52. Now, Dave, me and you were fucking in the pocket today, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ed, what do you oh. got? All right. Uh, I'm a fan of Triumph. I'm a fan of all these guys. I think as a band, they worked. I totally agree with you guys with some of the things looking back 
kind of lack direction in identity. And I can agree with that. But this has four solid songs that I absolutely love on it. So uh, I gave this a 72.1. And it has four solid ideas on it. I'll give you that. Uh, good score, too. Thank you for not going fucking bloated on this one because it didn't deserve it. Fee, no, what no, do you got? It's where it is. Good score. Yeah, uh, you know, I kind of felt the same way at the end of this as I went going into it. Like, I like Triumph songs, but I don't love Triumph. Like, I'm not I'm not a fan, but I don't hate them either. Um, so a little bit above average. Uh, I don't know. I... I, I had a tough time with this score and I ended up on 65. I like it. I like it. That's a good score. Ed, will you please calculate those scores? Tell us how many watts this bitch is pushing. I hate you all. Okay. I think you guys gave this too low. Uh, I think fee is probably a good ballpark for where I think you, uh, Des, and Dave should have been. I agree. <clears throat> but it scores of scores in this album is pushing a slightly above average 59.8 watts. And Dave, where does that score land it on the breaking vinyl chart? That will put us at number 27, just <laughs> under... Mr. Biggs lean into it. <laughs> yes. And just over Hoobastank's self-titled. Oh, man. I like both of those albums. No, not Mr. Big. I'm not going there. Yeah. Not Mr. <laughs> don't Big. Don't do it. But I, don't do it. I don't even know if I'd listen to Hoobastank over this. Dude, Ed, you realize those are all your picks, right? Shit, I do. shit, shit. I disagree. Well, the, the, the fucking chart doesn't lie. Okay. Uh, really? Yeah. I, I, you know, when we do our Groundhog Day episode, we need to like review all our scores so we can see how widespread yours are. Everything, if you like it, it's close to ninety. If you hate it, it is near the bottom of the pile. There's no in between with you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, that's good. I think we did it. Um. So, Dave, you have next week's pick. Is that right? Uh, do I? I don't know. Do you? Yeah. yeah. Uh-oh. Okay. All right. Um, oh, no. I I did not uh, realize I had next week's pick. Uh, so, Take a minute. So can I get back to you on that? No, because the fans need to know what song they're going to be, what album they're going to be listening to next week. So you oh, are God on the spot. It. All right. I am on the spot. Let me find something good. Listen, you take a minute while I do the, uh, tell the people what I need to tell them. All right. So next week, uh, or this week, on our sister podcast, Hey, Did You Ever See That Movie? We reviewed the Tom Cusack movie, 1408, the horror movie, where he is trapped in room 1408. And uh, I was really prepared for this podcast. I brought it strong, almost sounded like a real movie reviewer. Good stuff. Um, did you mispronounce any words, Des? Oh, absolutely. Or did your wife correct you at all? Undoubtedly. Diddly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need to remember to give her a great big hug and kiss next time I see her, just for all the shitting on you she does. Oh, she loves to shit on me. Um, 
<laughs> it was funny because she was down in the kitchen last night, like getting something to eat. And I came up behind her and I fucking like was trying to put some moves on her. She goes, what are you doing? She was eating cheese. And I went to kiss her. And she goes, so what, do you want a mouthful of cheese? I go, I'm like, I just want to do it. She goes, that's not happening. <laughs> and I went back upstairs. And I, heard, <laughs> I heard like a knock on my door. And she obviously felt bad and gave herself were, up to me. Were you my... dragging the Oculus down over your face when she knocked on the door? <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, fun fact. Uh, maybe 15 minutes after I banged her on the ottoman, I relived the memory with my Oculus. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking <laughs> all right dave i hope i gave you enough time to pick an album what do you got all right well let's uh let's stick with the uh newer rock uh like we did last week uh, i have a pick from 2015 that's pretty solid uh it's a album called electric blood by the biters oh cool i think did I open? I think I opened for them at uh, uh the the club in um Bunratties. I think we Maybe. opened for the Biters at Bunratties. Um, could be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure we did. Um, all right, that's it. We did it. Yeah. Yay! All right. So <clears throat> until next time, take the fucking album out of the sleeve. The fucking music breathe. That's it. See you later. Bye bye. Dicks. <laughs> Later. <laughs> nice job, fellas. <laughs> yeah.